Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. There won't be a Daily Tech News show today. This is my decision. Instead, we're going to let you hear from some people you know who regularly bring you tech news, but today talking about how their lives are different from many of ours. This is important. Right now, I believe it's my duty to listen to them and to amplify their voice. So that's what I've decided to do. And I ask you to listen too. You don't have to agree with them. You don't even have to change your mind about anything. Just listen. Let them be heard. Thank you for doing that. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming tomorrow. I'm Aunt Pruitt, and I have some things I'd like to say. I'll try my best to be brief, and I won't promise being brief, but I'll try. I'm Aunt Pruitt. I'm a photographer. I'm a podcast host at Twit TV. I'm in my 40s. I'm black. But wait, it gets better. Not only am I black, I'm bald. I'm six foot two inches tall and 235 pounds. Some would even say I'm a monster. Those that have told me that to my face have meant it as a joking compliment. But I assure you, there are many people that have called me a monster behind my back. And I also assure that they did not mean this as a joking compliment. I was born and reared in the South here in the U.S., I have only recently relocated to Northern California. At the time of recording this, it's been about nine months since I've relocated. I've wanted to move out of the South for many years, um, at least a decade. Why? Because I was tired of the ignorance and the flat-out rude people in the area. I was tired of hearing and seeing people that looked like me get treated poorly. I was concerned that my partner and my children would get this same treatment. I wanted more and I wanted better for them. My heart said that the South wasn't the place for me and my family to be anymore. It just wasn't. (laughs) Boy, was I wrong. Come to find out, it seems like nowhere is the place for people that look like me 
or my family. Nowhere. But, all right, let me, let me clear some things up, though. Yes, I'm a Southerner. I love Southern fried foods. <laughs> I love Southern rituals of saying hello to complete strangers while you're passing by. I love Clemson football. But I don't love the racial divide that's been there in the South since the beginning of this country's formation. Where I'm from, I experienced and witnessed racism as if it were as normal as the sun rising and setting. Real talk. It absolutely sucked. My mother and my father raised me to be strong, smart, and loving to everyone. They were devout Christians and truly walked the walk of Christianity as they loved everyone. Really, they loved everyone. But with that said, they also warned me of potential attacks. Specifically, they told me, Aunt, well, they didn't call me Aunt. They called me by my name, Anthony. Anthony, keep an eye on some of them white folks out there. Even though my parents and I, you know, we got along with pretty much anyone, we could still be targeted with hate. And we were. This intrigued me, and it also angered me at times. At one time in my life, I thought my elders and my grandparents used to be afraid of white people. I thought this was because of how they would act around the white people whenever we saw them, you know, if it was just somewhere out in public or what have you. It was almost like they were inferior to these white people in public or on their job. I never understood that. But as I got older, I assumed it was just conditioning from when they grew up in the 40s, 50s and 60s. One of the saddest and most bizarre stories (laughs) that was ever told to me, um, my grandfather told me about Dr. Martin Luther King being assassinated. Now, of course, this was pre-Twitter and pre-Internet days. So um, my grandfather heard about it on the radio while he was at work. He got home from work and greeted my grandmother like he normally would. And then he said to her in quotes, they finally got him. He didn't say anything along the lines of, oh, God, Dr. King has been killed or anything hysterical like that. He flat out in just a general conversation tone said, They finally got him. (laughs) Sorry. Just think about that, y'all. Think about it. Why? Why would he have to say it that way? Did he see this assassination coming? (laughs) When, When that story was told to me, I was fairly young. The gravity of his remark didn't really hit me until I got into high school. And I didn't bring it up to my grandfather again because it it just truly hurt my heart to even think about the conditions he and my grandmother lived through. Better yet, even my parents, because they grew up in the 60s and the 70s. Fast forward to the more recent years, specifically 2015. A video was published and my then 12 and 10 year old boys saw said video. 
It was of Walter Scott being shot in South Carolina. Just hours away from where we lived. When my 12 year old saw it, it shook him. Literally, it shook him. The, the, it, the gun went pow and he jumped. He looked at me and he asked, why did they shoot him? Me having to explain that situation and what we, we as in black men, black people deal with far as racism and police brutality was by far the hardest thing that I ever had to do in my life. He was 12 and his brother was 10. And I'm explaining racism and police brutality to them. What sucks is just a few days prior to that shooting and prior to me explaining that scenario. I was at home taking just a lunchtime walk around my apartment complex for for some exercise, you know, good old cardio. While I was walking, a police officer drives through the parking area and stopped me and asked what I was doing there. And I just looked at him and I said, yeah, uh, I'm walking. And I proceeded to walk some more. He drove up and he stopped me again. And he asked, okay, so where are you going? What are you doing here? And I looked at him and I lost my temper a little bit. And I said, dude, I'm walking and I live here. I freaking live here. He eventually just drove off. I guess he didn't expect some black dude to be walking around an empty parking lot, you know, at lunchtime. Never mind the fact that said black dude works from home in the IT department for a big enterprise company. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) But folks, my life and my stories, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I'm still here to tell about them. So many others are not due to wrongfully being killed. You don't see me online on a soapbox ranting and raving about any of this stuff. At one time, I wanted to do that, but I quickly came to the conclusion that <laughs> my voice just doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't. This shit has been happening for hundreds of years And quite honestly, I have no optimism about it. None. I need a reason to believe there will be a change. But right now, I have no reason to believe that there will. You white people out here that care about me and or people like me. I believe you have more power than any of us people of color regarding this. I've received so many different text messages and and private messages from from white people over the last week, mostly from my dear friends. God, I love them and some from fans and followers. And it has meant a lot. I mean, it, it really does mean a lot. But I ask that all of you continue to show that love, not only to me, but to others. And I ask that you take that passion to the leadership of our local authorities and our and our nation. A change has to be made. Senseless killing of innocent people is sickening. What's even more sickening 
is the individuals involved or committing the crimes. They're not even being punished more than anyone with a couple of freaking parking tickets. I mean, Michael Vick was vilified and served his time for his absolutely heinous acts against dogs. I mean, I heard so much and I read so much and I saw so much just people throwing mud at Michael Vick. Oh, served his time and is still throwing mud at him. Yet the killers of unarmed people, black people are acquitted (laughs) or better yet. They're even suing the families of the people that they killed for a hundred million dollars. Who's next? Is it your friend, your mother, your father, me? Who's next? I previously mentioned that I'm a photographer. This means I walk around with a camera in my hand pretty regularly. I'm already considered creepy just for that, right? You see someone with a camera, you probably try to hide yourself or you prejudge them as a creepy person. Right. That's what social media has done. You see someone, someone with a camera. Oh, my gosh. Watch out. They got a camera. Move. What is that creep doing? That's the day that we live in now. Right. So now I'm going to ask you, put my shoes on just for one minute. I'm a photographer. You put my shoes on. Now, I've been on record and I said I live in a, quote, nice neighborhood, if you will. Okay, but I like to get up in the mornings and take a walk, you know, like at 6 a.m. And most of the time I take my camera with me because that's what photographers do. But what happens when someone wakes up and sees me walking the streets with the camera in my hand? (laughs) I know what could happen. So I act accordingly. I never go on a photo walk without wearing bright colors uh, people that follow me online and, and so forth, when they see me, they, they usually remark on the fact that I'm wearing a Clemson orange shirt because they know how much I love Clemson. And yeah, there's truth in that. But what most don't realize, most of the time I'm wearing that for my own freaking protection. I want to make sure I'm clearly visible when I'm out. I want to make sure that if I'm walking the neighborhood uh, uh, early in the morning with my camera or out on the, the trail that early in the morning, I want to make sure I'm clearly visible. It's so easy for some white female to be out jogging and consider me a threat because I'm out on the trail early in the morning. Better yet, I'm out on the trail early in the morning and got a camera. But if she sees me off in the distance, My only hope is my orange attire will diffuse that bit of anxiety just enough for her to say, "Okay, he's not trying to hide from me. He's not trying to get me. He's in plain sight or he's just taking photos, you know. Granted, that's a crapshoot for me. It could go either way, but it's the best option I have right now. Either that or not take a walk in my own freaking neighborhood. Me nor anyone of color should feel like we can't go on a walk or jog in public without being harmed or killed. 
But that's where we are today. I'm not going to take up more of your time. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Merritt, for this time. You're good people, my man, and I'm truly, truly honored to have been able to get to know you over the years. It, it does mean a lot. I hope today's show will not only raise awareness for all of this crap that we're dealing with in our society, but also push more to demand civil change and justice. This stuff has got to stop. It has to stop. I'm tired of the tears that I have in my eyes. I'm tired of every time my boys want to just run over to the local Walmart to get themselves a bag of chips, being concerned that I don't know if they'll make it back or not. I'm tired that when I go out, my partner is concerned that I'm going to be safe. Thank you again. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Peace. The following is an excerpt from the SMR podcast, episode 453 from Friday, May 29th, 2020. The voices you'll hear are Chris Ashley and Rob Dunwood. This officer had three of his boys. And it's like, you know, I, I hear this all the time. Well, it's not all officers. There's a lot of good officers. And I'm certain that there are. Personally, I'm never trying to get to know you. Uh, we, we've talked about this before. Uh, you know, my situation with the police is that if I don't know you personally outside of you being a police officer, I literally wouldn't say hi to you. You know, I, I, that's just how I am. And I know that that's that's not the right way to be. But I am a six foot four, three hundred and five pound defensive tackle. I've been mugged twice in my life, both were by 
um, police officers. I don't trust them at all. So I'm not trying to deal with you at all on, on any level. So, yeah, you know, you know, um, Amy, she puts fear in me. You calling the police. I, I, I'm 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 I am done doing whatever I'm doing because I don't want to be there when they show up, because my experience, those situations just don't end up good. And, you know, I know a lot of people are going to say, um, well, you can't put all police into that category. You know, most cops are good cops. You know what? By the numbers, I'm sure that they are. But why do they never, ever show up when this kind of stuff happens? Right. You, I mean, this just dude looking is at this killing situation, four, three other officers there. And, and there's three of them there. And one of them is making just, jokes. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. That's what he kept saying. Don't do drugs. The people in the crowd are, you know, are, 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 you know, are yelling, you're killing him. He subdued. And now there's more, you know, they're saying, you know, like, I I love this. I I love how people will say, well, you don't know what happened. And it's like, you know, who are you going to believe me or my, or your lying eyes? It's like, I'm, I'm looking at minutes and, you know, just not, not, not 30, 40 second clip. You know, we're looking at a nine minute video, seven minutes, 53 seconds of which this dude's knee is on this dude's neck. Um, and you can see to where, I mean, literally, I mean, you know, they said that he, you know, he died sometime later at the hospital. No, they he killed him right there on the ground. Yeah. Um, it's because, you know, paramedics generally don't pronounce death. It's like, you know, they, they, they will do what they can do. They get you to the hospital and let a doctor take care of it. Yeah. That's why he's pronounced dead later at the hospital because paramedics didn't do it right there on the site, but he, he literally killed him. People are yelling. You're killing him. He's telling him you're killing me. Please don't kill me. I don't want to die. And there's three other officers there, and none of them had the foresight to say, hey, uh, let this enough. dude up. That's yeah. enough. That's enough. But none of them, none of them, um, you know, could, could be the MMA. You know, he, he's tapped out, dude. You, you know, you, you got him. He's in, he's handcuffed. And there was another video that came out. Uh, um, I think it came out yesterday. It was a uh, surveillance video that shows that. You know, they had him up on the wall. He, you know, th- th- you know, we don't know what's on the uh, body cams, but there's no video of him resisting arrest. Right. And uh, there's no vi- there's no video of that. In fact, um, they pulled him out of his car. Yeah. Pulled him out of his car, had him across the street. One other, you know, it's a different officer that's kind of holding there. He seems to be okay at that point. Now, I don't know what happens from the time that they, they got him from where he was like kind of they're talking to him, standing on the wall while he's in cuffs to he's now under the car almost and, you know, with another officer's knee in his neck. But it's like, you know, at what point do you actually just say, okay, he's subdued, um, you know, this is enough. And, you know, it's. You know, there's there's no love lost between me and uh, and our president. But this dude said back in um, 2017 um, when talking to the police, don't worry about hurting people. Don't 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 worry about hurting suspects when you're doing your job. This is the president said that these dudes took or I shouldn't say these dudes. That dude took that to heart because he killed a man right there on the street in front of people. And it's it's frustrating, man. It's like I'm I'm wondering where we're going to get to. It's like, you know, um, th- this stuff will make you want to go Nat Turner on some folks. It's like I- I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, really rationalize. What would I do if I've got a loved one and I see the police killing him right there on the street? Yeah. Um, all four cops almost- got fired, not just the two. All four. 
Uh, they all got fired. Yeah. But you you see this happening. Do you do you or do you take the law into your own hands? Do you do you go try to protect them? You no, know, that's so that's so you know, what, odd that you, you asked that because I was thinking, I was like, man, do you run up and knock the dude off and risk your own life? You know, because clearly you're assaulting a cop, right? So you're 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 in the wrong, but you're saving somebody's life. What do you do? But you can't. You can't. I mean, I mean, it's, it's not like there's a person or two. There's a crowd around who are yelling. You're killing him. You're killing him. Please stop. Please stop. Do this. Do that. Pleading with them not to kill this man. So what if they just, you know, you know, what happens if they, you know, well, here's what probably happens. Um, he may not have been killed at that point. But somebody else might have. Sure. Because you know the the we're we're now being assaulted. There's all kind of bullets being fired at that point. So you know, so, so what does it come to? You can't tell me because I'm thinking this, and I think I'm a rational person. Uh, so I know that there are some people who are a little less rational than I am. But here's a thought that I have going through my mind: um, I ain't dying today. If I do, I'm taking one of you with me. This is it's and a I'm terrible just thinking thing, like, man. And, and it's I had like, to I, I couldn't watch yeah, the whole video. Yeah, it's like over, you know, um, you know, there was a report and it may be true. We don't know that he was trying to uh, basically forgery is what the you know, what the complaint was. And yeah. this is why they showed up. Not punishable by was, death. Um, you know, forgery. So I'm thinking, what's what's the boy's name? Dylan Ruth. Mm hmm. This joker walks up into a church, has conversations as he's killing folks, killing folks, killing a whole bunch of black folks in church. They take him with no incident. In fact, he was hungry. So they stopped boy off at uh, Burger King, Burger get him King. something to eat because they, they didn't want him to be hungry while he was having to go through the hassle of being booked and arraigned and everything that they do to you when you've just killed nine people. This man allegedly was trying to pass a bad check. And he loses his life in some type of knee death grip uh, while he's in handcuffs. And the police wonder why so many people that look like us don't trust people in uniforms that they wear. And like like I said, I, I, I struggle with this, but uh, this is my token response. If you are a police officer who I do not know outside of you being a police officer, anything that you say to me is the response is, am I being detained? And I'm sad that it's that way, but I want to have no I, I don't want to be I, I literally will leave places where police are. I don't want to be there. I, you, know, I, you know, it makes me uncomfortable and I don't like being uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm not trying to deal with them on any level whatsoever. But it's like I've been mugged twice in my life, both times by the police. We'll never forget those days. Yeah, man, it's a different existence. incredible shape when that happened. I was still playing back then, you know, you know, when that happened. But yeah. it's like it's I, a- I don't understand. So I just I want to know, you know, if there's so many good police that are out there and I'm sure there are many. Where are the ones when this kind of stuff is is happening, you would think that by the numbers that that you know that, that you know all bad police wouldn't be together. Yeah, these these are the three officers didn't realize that they boy was killing somebody right there in front of their eyes. 
I, I don't get that. Yeah. It's just, I, I, I don't get it. And it's not like this one is any worse than any other one that we've talked about. It's just, it, it's just another one. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just, yeah. but I, and I I'm think the, cal- I think the, the visual callousness, like, you know, a lot of times is, you know, reaction shot comes out, you know, they're approached the, the situation, scared gun already out. And I've told people how I've been pulled over for a traffic stop and the cop approaches the vehicle with his gun out. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, this is a traffic stop. But in this particular case, I think what makes it so disgusting is just the dude was just chilling, not a care in the world, not a care in the world. While he's got a human being under his knee. Got his hands in his pocket. Hands in his just, pocket. Chilling. Yeah. Just looking around like it's a nice day out killing this black man. This is a nice day out here. It's a nice day for murder. I, I think that's what that's what sickens me the most about this one. And and, and you you've known me for what, twelve years? Eleven years? twelve years, long time. Yeah, long time. You know, we we met back before the twenty. You know, the the twenty teens. I know that. Um, I'm just I'm I'm not a cusser. <laughs> I really I you know I, I really am. I, think I, you I know I don't cuss. Say one or maybe one or two in that in this time frame. I, I, I on the other hand love it. <laughs> I am not a cusser, but it's like, oh, man, it just it makes me want to cuss. I, it, it 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 really does. I'm you know it's it's not it's that's it's not my style. It's out of my character, but it really just makes me, you know you know what the f are you doing? Cursing and why aren't other people stopping you from doing it? They killed this dude on the street. He's telling you, don't please don't kill me. And you know and and this is what I have. And I have an issue with people who are looking at this, who are wondering why people like us are so upset uh, to the point that it makes you want to cuss, makes you, you know, most makes you get out of character on this. And, you know, their first thought is, well, what, well, what was he doing? Right. I hate that. OK, may, maybe he was in a church murdering nine people. But last time I checked, when that happens, you generally get taken out with a body vest on and you get to go to Burger King. Why can't my people get that kind of treatment? Forgery. Th- th- that's what they were called for. Forgery. And this man is now dead. It's it, it is it is just sickening to me. And, you know, that. Like I said, the you know worst person of the world, um, you know, um, you know, candidate um, Amy Cooper. This is what she was hoping for, right? When she called the police when she was in Central Park on, because she uh, was in the wrong and didn't want to admit it. That's it. And th- th- it's it's crazy. Do you know that there were in the beginning there were more people who were outraged about how she was treating the dog than about what she was trying to do to the black man. That was videoing her. The outrage was not so much on she was gonna call a you know police on a black man. It was on she's choking the dog. Well, she lost the dog, so that oh yeah, happy. you know, oh yeah, they're, 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 their they're, issue is solved. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to uh, diminish that, 
I'm just saying, it's like if you watch the video and what you took from it was she's mistreating that dog, then you missed a whole lot. And if you, you know, um, I, I posted something on my Facebook, uh, a, a Facebook page earlier today. Uh, Bernice King um, posted a picture of, uh, you know, um, of uh, Colin Kaepernick along with this police officer with his knee on uh, George Floyd's neck. And she basically said, you know, a quote from her father. Dr. Martin Luther King, who said that if you are more upset by the first picture um, or mildly upset by the first picture uh, than you are the second one, then you are more concerned about order than you are about justice. And basically, it's like, you know, there are a lot more people who are triggered by Colin Kaepernick taking a knee than they are by the police officer putting a knee down. And you can tell this by you 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 automatically know who is in which camp because, well, what was he doing? Like somehow that you can do something that's going to justify you being killed when you're already subdued and in handcuffs. Right. It's just like I said, it is just is irritating. So. Yeah, yeah, that's, I'm, that's I'm, the question I start asking people. It's like, um, what was he doing? Well, what could he do in handcuffs and laying face down in the ground with a knee in his neck that would justify being killed? You just tell me, and then we'll figure out if he was doing that. Yeah, I think it might have been Will Smith that said that, uh, um, you know, in replying to someone about racism is way worse today than it was, uh, you know, uh, yesterday. He's like, no, it's not worse. It's just that it's being filmed. Right. And I'm not those. I'm not one of those people who want to tell you that racism is somehow worse today than it was, you know, back in the day. Um, you know, my my grandfather was born in 1906. His grandfather was born in 1855. That tells you what he was. Right. Um, racism isn't worse than being owned. Right. It's no, it's it's things have improved, but they just haven't improved to the extent that a lot of folks think that it has. Um, and you know, we haven't had the technology to show on video and with audio that's in fairly high fidelity where you can go and you can see, oh yeah, how, how am I going to justify this? This dude killing him. It's like I can't, you know, you can't accept the story that was told that he was somehow resisting arrest when you see the video of, you know, before what, you know, what happened all the way up to the point to him getting on the ground and you never saw any resistance. It's like, you know, that, that cognitive distance is really not, you know, working for a whole lot of folks. So you're, you're starting to see now huh, maybe they're not just making the stuff up. Yeah, um, thank and, and uh, you know this is this is one of the huge positives of technology, right? This is, you know, it's just this ability to expose some of these injustices that were only talked about, and many don't believe. I mean, you still have a lot that don't believe it now that it's widespread, right? But you know, the more we talk, and that's why we feel compelled to talk about it, right? Because we have people in our circles. They just don't understand this stuff, you know. They, you know, I, I, I tell this story a lot too. How, um, before I was last last year when I was going to drive down to Florida, um, and I wanted to go for get my uh, cardio in before I left, and I literally had to sit here and contemplate whether I should put on a hoodie. It was cold outside, or just suffer. You know, with like two shirts on. And I was like, if you don't 
ever have things like that to contemplate, then you don't understand how the world is different. <laughs> you know what I mean? For different people. Yeah. I, I know I've told you this story. I don't know if I've told this on the show, but I have a neighbor. Um, his son is, uh, you know, oh, yes. graduated and all, you know, but, but I have a neighbor who, uh, it's a white guy. He's married to a white woman, but he has adopted a, you know, her interracial son, basically, uh, you know, um, his son's father passed away. Um, he's in, you know, you know, in the military passed, you know, you know, got killed in Iraq. And so he, you know, he met, um, you know, his son's mother, they got married when the boy might've been 18 months old. So this is the only dad that he's ever known and he's adopted him. And, you know, so he is a white father, um, that is the father of a black son. And so he is a lot more sensitive to stuff than a lot of white guys, uh, you know, might, you know, might generally be. And this is a few years back, but we are, you know, um, you know, I've got the, you know, um, you know, the truck that I can put, you know, a bunch of stuff in the back and, you know, he was, uh, you know, getting mulch or something like that from home Depot. So I'm, you know, so oh, yeah, I'll run you to, you know, home Depot. And he noticed that when I got in the car, I pulled my wallet out, put it in the center console. First time I did it, he didn't think anything of it. When we left home Depot, he noticed that I did it again. And he, he said, uh, He's like, oh, you know what? You got to check out these. Uh, and these wallets are now kind of in, in thing now. But it's one of these little wallets where you just put your money in a clip and then like all your cards and it just makes it really small and it can fit in your front pocket. And I said, oh, I'm not pulling my wallet out for uh, because it's uncomfortable because I do have one of those uh, George Costanza wallets. My wallet's pretty thick. Mm-hmm. So he thought that it was because I was pulling it out of my pocket because it was uncomfortable. No, I was pulling it out of my pocket so that we don't have no problems. Right. Because I never want to be in a situation where I am, um, you know, pulled over by the police. And, you know, it's uh, it, it wasn't we it happens to us so often we don't even talk about it all the time other than to each other because it, it just pisses you off. But uh, when I first got, you know, my Escalade. I was getting pulled over like, I don't know, once every three months or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I put it in the center console just so that we don't have any problems because I don't I, I must have been 21, 22 years old. I get pulled over. Uh, you know, officer asked me for my, uh, you know, my ID. I go reach in my back pocket. Next thing I know, I've got three guns aimed at my head. Mm-hmm. Three. And I said, this will never happen again. <laughs> so now when I drive and you've noticed me do it, I, mean, I, I do, it. do it too. Of course yeah, I do, do it. it. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, when I get pulled over now, my hands are like, you know, literally I roll one window down. One hand is on the, you know, I'm grabbing the, uh, you know, the, uh, inside of the window, the, you know, the top of the car and holding it there. And the other's on the, um, driver's wheel. And they asked me for my information. I was like, you see it right here in the center console. I am going to reach for it. I want to make sure you're okay. Almost every time the officer, oh yeah, just gr- grab your ID. You're good. Um, and, and I'll hand it to him. It's like, do you have your registration? It is It is also in the center console, but I need to open it up. Am I good to get it? Because um, I'm not trying to be shot. I've been doing this for the, you know, I just turned 48 this past weekend. The, the, the time I had three guns pointed at my head, I think I was 22. So that's how many years ago? Right. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, you know, 26 years ago. So I've been I've been doing this for 26 years and, you know, it, it's worked. 
um, doesn't get you out of tickets or get you get you out of you know warnings. But uh, you know, but it, it has kept me from getting shot because you just you just never know. And you know, like I said, my uh, my neighbor when I told him this, he literally broke down in my car. Because he was like, there's just so much I don't know. It's like, I, I, I would have never thought that, that, you know, that kind of thing doesn't happen, um, you know, in his world. Right. So it's just like, you know, it, it is different for us than it is for people who don't look like us. You know, if you are black or brown in this country, things are different. And maybe, you know, people are starting to see it. But, you know, I'm, t- I'm tired of having, you know. To, to go through this conversation, it seems like we have this conversation. We, we do a chicken beans, chicken wings, chicken wings and beer probably at least once or twice a year on this very subject. And it is just it is tiring with a different it topic, is, with a different subject, yeah, right? With, with a different it's, yeah. it's just seriously again, topic, different you know, subject. here we go again. And like I said, I, I hope this doesn't happen, but we are not far from where you're going to have people start going that turn. And it's like, you know what, I'm 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 about to get killed, so I'm gonna take as many people with me as I can. Yeah. It's just uh So Yeah. Uh, so we had to talk about it. So sorry for anyone that you know is like, oh, this is so heavy, but this is our life. This is how we live. You know, these yeah. these things affect us personally. And uh, it's funny <laughs> sorry because that it's, I sorry was, that it's heavy, but not sorry if you think we should move on. Because if you're the ones who think that we should move on, you're probably part of the problem. Yeah. It's funny because I had this similar conversation with my boss today and we, you know, we, we do a sync up call every week and this was the topic, you know, and he was just as gracious and as cool as could be. And it was very refreshing. You know what I mean? Because it's a heavy topic, but it's on my mind. And, you know, we were just, you know, we kind of started out casually talking about some of the, you know, current events. And then we just kind of went into this and it was just like, man, the world's different. But he knows that. He understands that, you know, and, it, you know, I kind of I, I appreciate that. So, you know, that's why we take time to have these discussions and conversations yeah. because other people have reached out. You know, Allison has been great on this on these topics. And if she doesn't understand our where we come from, you know, she's like, hey, can we? rap for a second and i love that you know what i mean because you you know i don't know everything she doesn't know everything i don't know all of her perspective she doesn't know all of my perspective but the more that we can have these type of conversations and you know other fans of the show have had conversations with separately and it's you know it's just awesome you know what i mean and it's just you know it, it just feels better to know that there are people that listen to this show that actually care you know what i mean and care to understand if they don't understand they care to understand our perspective because you know we all all are living in the same planet right so but there's something else that annoyed me technology wise Uh, the following is an excerpt from the snob os podcast episode 76 from friday may 29th 2020 the voices you'll hear are sysadmin terrence Gaines and electrical and computer engineer and developer nika montford minimize these issues going forward because we can't see another one of these I mean, it, we, uh, it's, I just can't take it anymore. And it's just. Yeah. And I mean, even, you know, following up on the George Floyd thing, I mean, we have Breonna Taylor, yep. you know, yep. the, the shot killed in her home because they served a warrant on the wrong house and they already have the guy in custody. Then they arrested her boyfriend 
for attempted murder because they said that he was trying to attack the cops. Well, if you come busting in my house in the middle of the night, unannounced, shooting, whatever, unannounced, unannounced. shooting and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm going to fight back because I don't know who the hell you are. Yeah. And it just seems and they finally released him. But I mean, it's just you shot this woman eight times. You can't even sleep in your own home anymore. And the did. same thing with Atiana's. It was just it's just too much. And they did it's again just, in all those cases, they don't follow procedure and they are above reproach. It's like, and they, they don't, and it doesn't get any attention or even investigated until people get on social media. This stuff with Ahmad Aubrey with Brianna Taylor, this stuff happened at the beginning of the year. And it's just now getting looked at. People are just now getting arrested in Ahmad's case. No one's been arrested in Brianna's case. They're still trying to push to get someone to be held accountable to get some details. And they've been completely shut out. And the only reason that we know about it now is because of social media hashtags. And and, the and only and, reason. And in in the George Floyd's case, they didn't tore up a target. So now people are upset. Why are they looting? Why are they tearing up stuff? Why are they tearing up pro- because People are angry. Any other time, nobody does nothing. So it's like we got, they got to do attention. We got to get attention. Got to do something. So like when kids want your attention and you won't give it to them, they just fall out. Yeah. They have a temper tantrum. So, so yeah, it's just, it's just a lot. All the stuff going on. Go ahead. Yeah. And I was just say one more thing in Minnesota, um, three or four uh, black entrepreneurs in a WeWork building working out in the gym, this guy, Ask them if they belong. Are you supposed to be him calling the cops on you? Mm. No, I haven't heard the that next story. day. The next day after George uh, Floyd. Floyd was killed. Yeah. Yep. I so in the same up. state in Minnesota, in in the city. Um, so in the same vicinity, he thought that he could video them and call the police on them because he demanded. Um, that they show him his key card. Who are you right. to demand anything? Are you supposed to be in here? How am I supposed to know you're in here? But yeah, so he he called the police on them. Um, they eventually called the leasing people and the leasing people verified that, you know, yes, they are supposed to be there and all that kind of stuff. But it shouldn't on business. They right. were in there working out, working out. Nobody was bothering you. And his rule was, oh, well, it's not fair to the to the people who pay if other people can come in and work out and that they pay for is it. not All four of those your guys are problem that's not your problem that is not your business that's you not your money right you don't own they the building taking money out of your pocket you don't own the building you don't own the company you're not employee you're not security why well i know why again privilege how dare you come in my area or young black guys in this expensive workspace, you you obviously don't belong. And the fact that you asked, do you belong here? Right. Is, you know, the sticking point. Good thing is the WeWork building terminated their lease because right. he was like an executive of a venture capital firm or something mm-hmm. in the building. So they terminate their lease. He's out. And now he's like, well, I probably should handle it different. different. You think? How about mind your freaking business for a change? Yeah, and that's that whole privilege thing at work. We we reference it. We as in black folks, we reference white privilege all the time. And then a lot of our white brothers and sisters can't understand. It's like, well, I, I had grow up rich. I had to work as just as hard as you did, and no, you didn't. my family came from nothing, just like yours. And I have to work a nine to five. That's not the privilege we're talking about. The privilege we're talking about is that you exist. 
you can decide whether or not somebody is doing something that you don't believe they doing. And you have the backing, the benefit of the doubt. You have the law on your side. You have history on your side that says I can do this and you can't. That in and of itself is privilege. Our last message comes from DTNS contributor Lamar Wilson. Hey, Lamar Wilson here. And uh, I want to thank Tom and the DTNS show for giving me a place to talk about recent events. So um, how, how do I start with this? Listen, as a black man who's also an Internet creator, th- the last few days have just been whew, stressful, overwhelming, hopeless, sad, demoralizing. This cop action on a black person is just another long line of actions on people like me for having a different pig- pigmentation. And and I, I want you to kind of think about that for a moment. All right. People are hated and killed because they have a different shade to their skin. <laughs> you, are you are you grasping that? I like to imagine that in what, 500 years We'll look, uh, not me, I won't be around, but humans will look back at this and say, really? Pigmentation? That was your issue? I mean, it's nuts when you really think about it. I was sitting here thinking about a show on Apple TV called C, where some virus sweeps humanity and causes blindness for them and their future uh, progeny. And generations later, people uh, learn to live in this world without sight. Now, listen, (laughs) not the most acclaimed show I know. But it made me think, maybe that solved the problem of racism. Can't be racist if you can't see the person. Or can you? Knowing humanity, I'm sure we'd find a certain way to hate. We find it. And and listen, going back to this current events, all of this is happening during a pandemic. All right? It's a global pandemic. 100,000 plus people just in this country alone, in the United States, are dead. And now, with all that stress building up daily, this is just one more thing I have to worry about and people like me have to worry about. I had a well-meaning uh, white friend that was chatting with me. And uh, again, very well-meaning, one of my, one of, a good friend. And But, you know, he said, you know, you should get out and take walks. That way you're not feeling stuck in the house. It's nice out. Go walk daily, stretch your legs. And again, I know, I know he meant well. But all I could think about is me, a black man with a mask on, walking down the street of a nice neighborhood, and the Karen staring out their window, scared to death, calling the cops. And what what happened after they arrived? Even if I was 100% cooperative, we don't know. But that's their chance. It's so volatile right now. That's their chance that... I'm not willing to take. There have already been stories of this happening in stores. Masks are mandated, but there have been video shown of black people being told to leave because they have the mask on. They're not trusted. So what do I do? I stay home. I manage. Walk around the house. I don't want to get, you know, this virus that can cause my death. I don't want to get caught by a cop that can cause my death. It's a shame. It's a shame I have to think like that. That that has to be the first thought in my head when I'm just trying to get exercise. And and, and I think about these protests. And listen, I applaud them. I do. I applaud the protest. I am not an activist. 
And it's fine if you're you're not. Look, there are different kinds of people in a society for a reason. So I help in other ways. I try to set an example, be an example. I lend my voice. Sometimes I lend my money and so on. That's what I do with my, you know, my part. But I despise the looting. I can't stand it. I hate it so much. There's never an excuse for it, especially to your own neighborhood, right? But here's the thing, and this is just my personal opinion. I I feel like I saw this coming even before the George Floyd murder. I mean, think about it. people have been cooped up in their houses and their apartments for the last few months. Most jobs are stopped. They're broke. Rent's past due and so on. And so this police murder, again, this is a, an opinion, was the match to an already huge powder keg waiting to explode. And that's my story of, of, of the looting. Again, it's not an excuse. I just said I hate it, right? But it helps to understand just how volatile the world is right now. Like anything can set, set it off. And this is what I feel is what happened. And it's a shame. It's a shame that happened. So I'm looking at the news and, you know, it would be helpful if authorities recognize this. They showed some kindness, some empathy, some respect versus ramming their police cruiser into protesters, making things worse. Now, those are the images people remember. It's a shame because there's a lot of good has happened out there with some cops, too. (sighs) Listen, um. I'm gonna wrap this up. I'm I'm exhausted, man. I am I am so mentally tired. Even if things subside this week, what, what's next? I mean, it's tough and nearly impossible to be a creator right now, especially a black one. It's hard for me to do my job. I don't even know what to create. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to speak. It, it feels almost offensive to try to be funny, to show a product. To stream a game. Like it's it's all a mess right now. So I hope for the best. I really do. But this year, man. Uh, listen, I know I rambled here. Thank you for letting me have a voice on this show. I enjoy you all very much. I, I don't have any answers, right? I, I, I don't have any. Uh, it's just it's just nice to be heard. Thank you. 